Hey everyone, and welcome to the Healthy is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wild, entertainment reporter by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy, and healthy is hot. Join us as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely going to be some laughing, and hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life, to live your healthiest hot life. Okay, real talk, I'm not a morning person. When I have to be doing e-talk morning hits, which means I'm like camera ready at the office at 7 a.m., it's a struggle for me. It's a serious, serious struggle. But then I get to work and I realize that there are people that have been on morning shows for like a long time by then. Kelsey McEwen is one of those people. She actually leaves her house at 3 a.m. every single day to come downtown Toronto from where she lives with her husband, her two sons, and their pup to be a meteorologist on your morning which is a national morning show on ctv and she will co-anchor someday she'll do field segments she'll do interviews all before most of us are even awake like she's a total boss and she's an amazing mom and she's super open and honest with us about the struggles and the challenges that she's had to face while being on television while also having to move her family from calgary for this great opportunity to be on a national morning show and We did this interview and it wasn't even 10 o'clock in the morning. So that's the kind of life that this woman leads. She is just a go-getter at all hours of the day. So enjoy this week's episode with Kelsey McEwen, where we talk a lot about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Enjoy. Actually, I almost want to start there. It's not even 10 o'clock in the morning. Kelsey, you've been here since what time? I rolled in today at about 4 but I live far away, so I'm commuting about 75 kilometers. So I left my house today just after 3 this morning. <laughs> 3. Yeah, I know. <laughs> which means you were awake before 3. Like, hardly. I'm so lucky. I've got a job where I come in and everyone else does all the work yeah. for me to put me together. So I wake up and I put on usually yoga pants and then I brush my teeth and I go. And then I stop and I get coffee. Yeah. And because that's worth the two dollars for me. Oh, yeah. And then I come in. So I'm up at like 250. So I like that you just like wake up and roll out of bed. I do. I feel like at that hour, there's no other option. There isn't. And but the wild thing is, is the people who get us ready come in and they actually look ready for life. Yeah. Let's take a minute to thank our amazing team, because obviously Kelsey and I both work in television. And if it wasn't for the people who get us dolled up, make sure that we look appropriate, especially at the time you wake up. We'd be fired. Like I don't (laughs) I the way I look right now, it's definitely not how I woke up like this. And if I had to wake up at 10 to three o'clock in the morning. It, it would yeah. be a completely different situation. We work with incredible people. They are artists. They aren't even like stylists or or any other word for it. They are artists. Seriously. I think for viewers at home, they see the finished product. They see the packaged show, the interviews, the segments. But there's, there's so many people behind the scenes that 
work tirelessly to make sure that those shows from start to finish, whether it's visually or content wise that make it happen. So it's top notch. So mm-hmm. huge thank you to everybody behind the scenes here. Well, and that was something that's something actually a lot of people ask me on social media. They say, how do you do it all? You're so put together. And I always think it's such a facade. It's like it is not that I'm really put together. It's that we work with great people. And I have a lot, a lot, a lot of help. And in real life, I'm as big of a mess as anyone else. And I make mistakes and I screw up and I wish I could redo everything. Um, And I think it's important to be transparent with people because they get this idea that this is something this being being me is something to strive to and I think sure in some ways I think we can all learn from each other but I'm just a regular person and I'm just trying to figure it out and I'm a work in progress I mean we all are work in progress and I think it's good I think if ever you stop looking at yourself and thinking of yourself as a work in progress I don't know like that's never a place I want to be I hope Mm -hmm. that I'm always in a position where I'm trying to be better and to grow and to be a more kind person an open person Mm -hmm. trying to constantly educate myself in whatever regard but the thing that even you just said like you don't even have it all together on your social media you show all sides of you oh yeah I'm good I'm glad it comes across that way (laughs) 3 a.m no makeup still looking beautiful just waking up like I was I think maybe last winter or the winter before I was looking you popped up on my social media and like you were de-icing your car at like three o'clock in the morning (laughs) dead of winter and I was just like I am never going to complain about having to wake up early ever again because you you make it happen so put together or not like you are definitely showing up in your life from where I stand which I know is a small small view into your life but I love that you really do show all sides of you the family the work the ups the downs I've never had much of a filter I'm not good at at filtering and it, it honestly admittedly sometimes it gets me in trouble because I'm too honest yeah. and my face reads a lot and so if you ever do watch you don't show, have a poker face because I don't oh, have one either like no. I wear my heart on my sleeve and all the other emotions like I wish I had a better poker face because sometimes it uh, it can be a fault yeah well if you ever watch our show you see instantly and our camera crew is so good at isolating those shots where I'm dying <laughs> inside and outwardly but uh, I don't know any other way to live and yeah. the thing that I've realized is that that's not everyone's reality a lot of people are very afraid to be who they are and they reach out to me and they say it's such an inspiration that you are so honest and I think we need more of that Mm -hmm. we need to be less afraid to be vulnerable because vulnerability is where our true hearts are and it's really sometimes it's scary going in but it's really never as bad as we think it's going to be when we show up and we just are honest with each other and I think vulnerability is a strength. I think sometimes uh-huh. people view it as a weakness. All, they view think, it as a weakness right? all the time. But to be vulnerable is to be okay with where you are at that moment. And I think that takes a lot of strength to be able to face that. So when people reach out to you, you know, telling you all these beautiful things that they, you're, they're inspired by you, but that they wish they could be like that, what do you tell them? Well, I don't know. I don't know that there's any one standard thing that yeah. I ever say, but... I just always say it's the most comfortable place I've been is being uncomfortable. I, I did a talk once at a storm chasing conference a couple of years ago and I said, embrace discomfort. And even today, it's today for me, right before we did this, I did a compassion meditation because I'm not in a place today where I'm feeling 100%. I'm not in a place where I'm feeling super comfortable. I'm actually feeling really uncomfortable, not because of this podcast, mm-hmm. but because of how I handled things yesterday as a parent. I feel like I just, I wasn't a good parent yesterday. I sucked. I, I wish I would have handled things so much differently with my four-year-old. And that's been bugging me all day. Yeah. And it's really impacted everything I've done this morning. I've felt preoccupied. And so I've tried my best to 
sit when I have a still moment. So I had about 15 minutes before we sat down. And I just kept saying to myself, may I be well? May I be okay? May I be okay with discomfort? May I be free of suffering? And I kept saying that over and over because the more comfortable I can be with where I'm at, the less I try and fight it. And then the more compassion I have for other people, like my four-year-old who is about to enter SK, which is his second year of kindergarten, and he's scared and he's afraid and he's excited and he's taking it out on me and he's taking it out on his little brother. And I need to have more compassion for that. But I can only do that if I'm okay with myself first. So it's a work in progress. So I don't always say the same things to other people, but I say every day is a a practice and every day you have an opportunity to get better. I love that you did a compassion meditation right before this. I did. I feel like it's so perfect for the Healthiest Hot Podcast. And thank you so much for sharing that today's not a great day for you because there are some days that are fucking hard. And like that I can imagine if you have a rough, day as a parent or you're questioning what you did I can only imagine how much that can stay with you because mm-hmm. you love your boys so much um but the compassion meditation is that something that you do on a regular basis it I haven't actually done a lot of compassion yeah. meditation but I I knew it's what I needed today yeah. my mom is is a, a practicing Buddhist she's also Lutheran which is really cool because it's a it's uh, they're complementary. They can sometimes be opposing, but they're also uh, very in line with one another in many other ways. So she's taught me so much. And she introduced me to meditation a couple of years ago. And then I've told you, Chloe, before, I love the Dan Harris's book. He's a uh, uh, anchor at ABC, and he found meditation through his his reporting and then wrote a book about it. And I love his book. And so I am a subscriber of his uh, meditation app called 10% Happier. And there's little tidbits in there. Um, one of my favorite um, meditation teachers is a man named Jeff Warren. He's from Toronto. Um, I did Joseph Goldstein's uh, compassion meditation this morning because I just, I knew, yeah. I knew that's what I needed. I felt honestly like I've had a stick on my ass all morning and I felt like a grump and a jerk to the people I work with. And I don't think I'm coming across that way because yeah. I, checked in with a couple of the key people this morning and I don't think it's coming across that way but I sure feel mixed up inside so I thought I have to do something about it I don't want to feel like this all day and so the same way that if I felt super bloated I'd probably eat healthier the next day or if I was feeling sluggish I'd do a workout if my heart and my mental health is suffering I have to do something about it and that's one step for me that's not everything I do but that is one thing that helps do you feel better after having done it yeah well I feel like I'm not fighting with myself as much my chest still feels tight yeah my shoulders feel heavy um but I'm not as irritated about it um I just know that that's where I'm at today and when I need a second I take a big breath in and we call it dragon breathing with my four-year-old so <laughs> big breath in and then I I just say it's okay to feel like this Kelsey it's okay and may you be well and I give myself a big mental spiritual hug yeah and it does help it absolutely helps oh my gosh and sometimes I don't know about you sometimes I just need to cry yes I I feel the feels really intensely um and sometimes for me the most cathartic thing is to allow myself to feel like shit for a little bit and to let it come out however it needs to come out and if that's tears which is often what my body needs then it happens and then I try to move on Mm -hmm. but for me like if I have a rough day I try to allow myself to accept it be where I'm at do something about it not just wallow in it and then try to take a step forward Mm -hmm. and I think that like this job and I can only really speak on this job because I haven't had that many others but like it's kind of hard to have shitty days because 
we have to be on, whether it's interviewing guests or hosting a show like you did this morning on your morning or going to meetings. And you kind of have to always have this like happy-go-lucky face and this present energy where you can give and receive and listen and, and be there for the other people. So it's kind of hard to have hard days where you have to feel like you constantly have to wear a mask. So the fact that you honored yourself and you met yourself where you were at and realized, no, I need a little bit of time for me because otherwise like this day is going to be way more difficult than it needs to be. Like that's, I find that is so, so, so inspiring. Thank you. Honestly, the TV has been a savior for me, I think, because I really try to operate from a place of the person you see on TV is the person I am in real life. It's probably the best version of me because <laughs> I'm definitely not that like polite and happy and smiley every single day. But um, th- when I am, that's yeah. who I am, right? Yeah. But it on the days like today when I'm in a funk, um, I have these moments on TV where I think, oh my God, I can persevere yeah. because I can operate. I can be two things at once emotionally. I can be bent out of shape and I can be happy. And those things can coexist. And that's been a great lesson for me to know that being not okay doesn't mean everything is bad. It just means that there's a part of me that's not okay, but there are still good things and, and there is still good and they can coexist. No, it's a skill though, right? Like, And I think we forget to remind ourselves of that too. We go... I you'd say it one time you're like just because I had a bad morning doesn't mean the rest of the day is going to suck and then when you have to remind yourself 17,000 other times throughout the day we feel like we failed but that's the practice yeah. and if you if you meditate you understand what I mean when I say that's the practice meditation isn't about closing your eyes and having your mind go still and being awesome meditation is about and I believe life is like this too meditation is about your mind wandering and coming back your mind wandering and coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back 10,000 times in 10 minutes. And you don't beat yourself up about that. You say, woo, I came back every single time. So I think life is the same. Life is about making mistakes and trying again and making mistakes and trying again. And those mistakes do not mean you failed. And I know they feel like you do. And I feel like that too. I felt like yesterday I failed as a parent and it took everything in me today to not feel like today was going to be a crappy day too. And I even have to remind myself of that. And that's okay. And it's not a bad thing that I had to remind myself. It's an awesome responsibility and an opportunity that I got to remind myself of it. And I get a chance to try again today. And how lucky are we that we got that chance? Right? How excited are you, you to go home and hug your little boy? Oh, my God. When I <laughs> when I put him to bed last night, I honestly, it was like I waited all day for bedtime. Yeah. And then when bedtime happened, I just wanted to go wake him up again and just hug him. And be like, like, let's do it again. I love you so much. I love you I know. so much. Yeah. I'm picking him up from space camp and we're going to have a great he's day. He's at space camp? He's at space camp. Yes. Yeah. He's an alien right now. He has green hair and he's wearing antennas and he has a bright green shirt on. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. We're going to have a good day. So you've got a four-year-old at space camp, and then you've got, like, a little, little munchkin, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Matt is almost two now. Wow. Hard to believe. What? Yeah, so he'll be two at the end of September. Um, so life is busy, and it's it's one of those where I feel like I've, I want to do so much with my life, and I want to do so much with my career and with my hobbies, and I don't always know how to do that. And that can be really hard. And I think a lot of parents feel that too, where they're like, I'm, I'm in my thirties. I want to grow and I want to do all this stuff, but I don't have time. And I don't, I'm still figuring that one out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard when you are a dreamer mm-hmm. and you want to work hard for those dreams, but then there's all these other elements of your life. Um, how has being a mom, cause now you've got two, how has being a mom changed the way you view health and wellness? Cause you're obviously a very fit person you're health conscious you try to be the healthiest version of yourself but I feel like as soon as you have kids that probably changes a little bit in the way that you view it as like a whole picture item Mm -hmm. it's a good question it 
I don't know that there was any conscious change, but mm. I, as soon as you ask, I start thinking about it. And I've changed the way that I talk about food, partly because I have to explain to my four-year-old why we can't have ice cream every day. <laughs> and we talk about sugar and about how it's a good treat, but it's got nothing for our muscles and our brains and our hearts. And we talk about healthy fats, how we need that for growth. And, and it forces me to evaluate a lot of the time when I'm feeling cranky or when I'm feeling better on myself or or if I'm actually physically not feeling well Mm -hmm. if I'm super bloated or whatever to examine what I've eaten and how that's impacting either my physical well-being or my mental well-being because I see it in my kids too yeah when we've had really challenging periods of the day it's often right before meal times so I know their blood sugar is low because they're hungry or it's because we've had a day full of snacks and sugar and then when they're misbehaving I can't even get mad at them at that point because I think I've set you up for this because I've fed you sugar all day you know so that conscious, that conscious correlation between yeah. food and well-being, I think, is ever ever more present now than it has ever been. Are they good eaters? Like, obviously, they love sugar, but have you been able to get them to eat healthy as well and actually enjoy it? Yeah, we introduced a lot of different foods. Um, I approached food from a really kind of holistic approach where more real ingredients and less processed food really works for our family. Um, so they, they eat incredible things like a lot of of avocado, a lot of beans. Um, they're great meat lovers. I will say I've learned a lot from my oldest because he, food for him is about control and about eating. Um, eating becomes tricky with him because he wants control. And so as a control freak, I want to get in there and I want to dictate it to him and I want to tell him everything he has to do. And I've learned to take a step back and, that the best meals are the ones where I just don't bug him about eating because yeah. he never eats as much as I want him to too. And he's like my husband. They never think about food. They'll eat crackers all day if I let them. Um, I'm not like that. I think about food all the time. So it doesn't make sense to me. But I've, I've learned about the relationship that I think a lot of disordered eating comes from control. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning great lessons in letting go of control and making sure that he feels safe and comfortable in the choices he's making, even yeah. as a four-year-old but just that it's not coming from a place of mommy wants me to do it, so I should do it. It's coming from a place of I'm hungry, I need to eat, and I'm craving this. So simple. Yet so simple, but so hard. Probably so difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm someone who I'm constantly thinking about food. Me too. Food obsessed, and my relationship with food is shit, but it's probably the best it's ever been. And so I completely relate when you don't understand your husband and your little one, how they could just eat crackers all day and not even think about it. Or for me, I've got people in my life who like, they'll just forget to eat all day. I'm I don't like, how do that. you forget? I'm like, it's all I think about. I'm like, did I eat enough? Did I eat too much? Did I eat the wrong thing? Well, now do I feel like crap? So then should I not have that thing later? Like it's not a healthy thought process, but it's one I'm at least aware of now and trying to take the steps to be better about it. But it's hard for me to understand where other people kind of live in their world and to empathize with the fact that their brains just work so differently when it comes to food. Because for me, I'm just like, it's constant. It's like the last thought I have before I go to sleep. It's the first thought I have when I wake up. Mm -hmm. And kind of most decisions in my day are based around food or exercise or how I feel or how my clothes fit. And it's wild that it takes up so much mental capacity and mental energy, but 
I don't know, that part of me will always kind of be a struggle mm-hmm. and a journey. There's a woman that I met this year. Her name is Christy Pisani, and she was introduced to me from Nikki, one of our makeup artists, and they're really good friends. They grew up together. And Christy, her whole perspective is joyful movement and accepting your body at all stages and not eating healthy because you want to look a certain way or because you think it's the right thing to do and not moving because you want to be skinny or fit, but moving because it brings us joy and eating because it brings us joy. And she has really challenged me on a lot of my perspectives that I had about why I'm happy and what is actual happiness when it comes to how I look and how I feel. Um, anyway, I really recommend checking her out. She, I had her on the show and she really talked about how the perception of health and what is health has needs to evolve and it yeah. needs to change so that we don't think one person is healthy or one body type is healthy or one type of eating is healthy. That there are many, health is much more of a spectrum. Oh yeah. And we need to embrace all aspects of it. Wow. I yeah. need this woman in my life. Oh, she's cha- She's really changing how I feel about it. Because yeah. I grew up thinking that skinny was healthy, mm-hmm. that eating fresh food only was healthy, that eating a certain number of calories was healthy. I grew up in an era where fat was bad. Um, we know that's now not true, mm-hmm. that there are really healthy types of fat that are essential. Um, I grew up seeing supermodels with really skinny waists and thinking that that was the only way to be attractive and valuable. And that's not true. And my worth as a woman does not lie in looking a certain way. And I need to remind myself of that every day. And I need to remind the people around me of that every day and society of that every day, that my value as a woman lies in the fact that I'm a human being. That's what makes me valuable. Not because I look a certain way or I act a certain way or talk a certain way or have a certain skin color or body type. My value is because I'm a human being and all people. Yeah. Right. Um, well, you just fast tracked this because now, <laughs> now we have to talk about the fact that you are on a national show is incredible. It gives you such a big platform, a platform for good. And yet, unfortunately, as we all know, social media can have this negative, toxic side to it where people have these opinions and think that their opinions have worth and people have a tendency to comment on certain things that just never need to be commented and one in particular was when you were pregnant you were pregnant 34 weeks and you were still working still showing up every day doing what you do and you were wearing some type of dress that offended a viewer and they used the word and I'm quoting this even air quotes because I don't ever want to say it but they said that it was disgusting that Mm -hmm. you were wearing form-fitting clothing and I remember that time. I remember I remember hearing about it in the building that someone made a comment like this and then I remember seeing the fallout and seeing the way that you stood up and you used your voice and you basically shut them down and shut down basically anybody that had any type of comment to make about your body or anyone's body and that's my body is not your concern. Mm-hmm. How, like if you can take us back to that moment because I can only imagine how you were feeling like not only has someone attacked the way that you look visibly but also you're carrying a human being like your body is doing this incredible miracle and for someone to come at you and attack the way that you're dressing and to use a word like disgusting is just to me is baffling and it's making me really angry sitting here talking <laughs> about it but it was just the least classy thing I've ever seen and mm-hmm. you handled it with so much class and so much grace thank you my first inclination was to stand up and say all of those things. I wanted to defend myself and defend my little boy who was inside of me and say, how dare you? And I stopped, and I'm so glad I stopped. I'm, I stopped for a second, and I thought, no, I do not need to defend myself. What I need to do is educate you on what is appropriate and how talking to someone about how they look 
one is the least interesting thing about mm-hmm. them, but that it's not the biggest concern in our world right now. And I responded to them. And one of them I said was, if this is what you are considering as disgusting, mm-hmm. then you need to get your priorities straight. I mean, we've got huge human rights injustices in the world right now. We've got world leaders who are telling people that they don't belong based on how they look. And I'm not trying to compare my pregnant body to to the injustices that mm-hmm. someone is feeling because of their skin color, but they all come down to the same idea that because someone looks a certain way, they can be talked to in a certain way and they can be treated a certain way. When we judge people based on how they look first, one, we're selling ourselves short, but two, we're setting ourselves up for these types of fights where we say, no, 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 someone's more valuable because they look a certain way and someone's less valuable because they look another way. And I don't believe that's true at all. I believe that, and I don't believe I'm in the the minority here for saying this. Mm -hmm. I think that we all know this deep down, that we all have worth and we all have value. Um, I've gone off on a tangent now. But but I feel like that day when when the man commented on how I was looking and it was a, with the help of a producer he helped me kind of weed through all of my emotions and he said he was the one one of our producers said my body is not your concern and I said that's it that's exactly what I'm trying to say my body is not your concern no one else's body is your concern and let's together focus on the other things that are so much better our hearts how we treat other people our our work ethic the things we bring to the table on a daily basis, I get way more comments about my appearance than I do about what I actually do on the show, which is forecasting, meteorology, but also co-hosting interviews and different segments. Far more comments on how I look. And I don't think that it's because people care most about how I look. I think it's just we get into these bad habits of only talking to people about how they look. How often do you walk down the hall and you see someone and you go, oh my God, you look so cute. Oh yeah. I do it all the time because it's default and it's a bad habit. And instead, I'd rather say nothing and then I'd rather pause and figure out something more interesting to talk about. Chloe, you have an incredible heart and you've talked about your social anxiety and the fears that you have in group settings and then I see you out there killing it even though I know you're probably dying inside. That's what I should be talking to you about, not how cute your dress is. But it's the easy way out. We take the easy way a lot. And not because we're bad people, just because we have bad habits of, of commenting first on appearance and not on what really matters. So we need to change that. Yeah, we do. And it's not easy by yeah. any means. I do it all the time. Yeah. Um, we catch ourselves in these bad habits, right? But if you can notice it once and decide to make a different choice, you've won. Yeah. If you can, with little kids, pick different things to talk to them about other than you're so cute, but saying um, things like to a little girl, telling her that, she's so strong when you want to comment on on how how healthy she's being by being active every day comment on just how her body works instead of the size of it because the size doesn't matter but her body's performing these incredible feats because she's worked on her muscle right it's it's just saying the same things but in a different way changing the intention I uh I literally talked about this on last week's episode where this this young mom I I met her daughter and right away default I was like oh my gosh Zoe you're so cute And then the mom steps in and she goes, but what else are we, Zoe? And then Zoe starts listing off different things. I am strong. I am kind. I am smart. And that was the moment where I realized that as someone, and especially with Healthy is Hot, I'm 
I'm such an advocate of like, we are so much more than what we look like. Like that mm-hmm. is like you just said, the least important part about us. And this little girl, that interaction that I witnessed made me realize that even though I'm such a believer in what I do, I have bad habits. I have these defaults, especially when it comes to little kids. But it's funny because if you see a little boy, often people will comment on the things they're building or the way they're playing or mm-hmm. the sports they're doing. But then you see little girls and often it's a pretty dress or your hair is so nice. I love the way you, whatever it is, but it's often about their appearance. I'm like, that is setting them up for a life where they believe, they might believe that their appearance is the most important part about themselves because and that's where we're giving them validation. And the most valuable part of them. And that's, I believe for a long time that I was valuable because I was pretty. I thought I was valuable because I was young. So as I've gotten older, I mean, like, I'm still super hot. I get that. I mean, you're Whatever. a babe. 10 on 10. <laughs> but it, it's not where my value lies. And part of, unfortunately, part of the problem is that we perpetuate that by, you look through Instagram and the majority of women post photos where we just look fabulous and we we look put together. And that's part of why I stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, if I'm really loving something, I'll post it. But I've stopped doing these glamour shots because I want people to know that I'm still valuable when I have no makeup on. I'm still valuable as my face creases. I'm still valuable on the days when I have a zit. I'm still valuable when I get gray hair. I'm still valuable when I gain weight and my body changes. I'm still valuable. And we, as a whole society, have perpetuated this idea that women especially, our value stops the second that we get out of those childbearing years, the second that we hit menopause, the second we get old, the second we gain weight. We have perpetuated this idea that we aren't worthy anymore. Men do it, women do it, we do it to each other. Mm-hmm. Hollywood does it, media does it, friend circles of friends do it. We all do it to each other. And we do it unknowingly and we do it unconsciously and we do it without malicious intent. We do it just because we're not realizing we're doing it. The power of words, the power of image, it just takes a second to stop and go, wait a second, what message am I giving here? Could I be more authentic? Yeah, probably. But it takes a second to stop. You got to kind of like hit yourself in the head and be like, stop it. Try something different. I feel like you just hit me in the head. I feel like I need to look at my life and look at how I'm doing things and be more authentic and show all the sides. But and like with that being said, it's not bad to celebrate our beauty. But if that's all we celebrate then that's all anyone else will celebrate. Yeah. Right? Like we we have to celebrate all sides and 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 try different things. And the response I get from viewers once I do that yeah. is always they're like, "Oh my god, breath of fresh air." I hear that all the time. Breath of fresh air. And I think the only thing I'm doing differently is just not being pretty all the time. Yeah. "Quote unquote pretty." Well, I mean, I think you're beautiful without a lick of makeup on. Well, thank you. Especially but at three you in the morning, I mean. you know. <laughs> that's the real. That's the real. No, but I and I think the fact that there are viewers out there that are resonating, especially when you're being the most authentic and maybe not the most glamorous, I think that's a good sign. I think it's a sign that like maybe we are as a society going in the right direction. Maybe there is a little bit of a light bulb turning on now and then. And I think with people like you, you know, doing what you do and being so open about it, I think that's going to create ripple effects that will hopefully transpire to a greater population and hopefully the younger generation so that young girls and young boys can realize that physical appearance is a part of you, but it's there's a lot more to you. And I think the brain and the heart and everything and the way that you interact in the world is like really what we should be celebrating. So Ms. Kelsey... Mm-hmm. What are we celebrating you right now? When you look oh, at God. you, mm-hmm. like what should we be celebrating? I'm putting you on the spot because I think you're pretty great. Oh, thank you. Um, so for me, I think the idea that I, 
I've come into a year of my life or a time of my life where I'm okay to change and I'm okay to hear criticism. For the first time in my life, I think I can hear it and not fall apart and I can hear it and actually be open to changing. And I'm, I'm really, I'm getting, becoming more proud of that. Is that the way to say that? Yeah. I'm becoming more proud of that because I, I spent a long time fiercely defending who I was and not because I was confident, because I was overconfident, because I was overcompensating for the fact that I was actually super insecure. And I was terrified that someone was gonna find out I was a fraud. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm getting to a place where I'm less there. And part of that is, is learning about great leaders in this world who have the humility to be able to sit and actually listen to others and, and hear where they've been wrong. Um, I'm reading James Comey's book. He's a former FBI director and he wrote a book after he uh, very publicly was uh, was fired and he speaks about great leadership and he talks about Barack Obama and how he could have the confidence to lead but the humility to listen and hear where he needed to improve and I so admire that and I, I, I respond to that because that's I feel like where I'm coming to yeah so I want to celebrate that I want to celebrate the fact that I have room to grow I guess yes. and that I'm open to it yeah which is not easy no it's not easy and it's there was a time where I felt like a failure admitting that I had room to grow. Yeah. Um, I went to therapy this year for the first time to talk Good to. Good for you. Yeah. I talked to a psychologist because for the first time I was feeling, was able to see how unsatisfied I was yeah. with life and, and afraid of kind of where I had gotten to just through transitions, through moving to a new city, through being I mean, an you, adult. That was a big move. You came from Calgary, mm -hmm. right? Calgary to Toronto. Yeah. Changed we jobs, had another baby. Lost my, basically my entire identity, my own self, because I was just consumed by new job, new city, new, new child. So I needed to figure out how to get back to that. And so I went to therapy for the first time this year and, and figured out I needed to make some friends. So that journey happened. I needed to get how, my hobbies back. How hard is it to make friends as an adult? So hard. But and my therapist equated it to asking people out on a date. She's like, it's going to be awkward. People are going to say no. You're going to feel like you're a loser, but it'll be easier every single time. I forgot that social skills are a skill. Yeah. I thought that I was just an introvert. And I realized, no, no, no. I just haven't been practicing this skill anymore. So the more I did it, the easier it got. We've now got some friends in our neighborhood, which is amazing say we my husband yeah. and I so yeah I'm wow I'm really trying and I'm I feel like I haven't had to do this ever yeah. because I've been so afraid to do it and yeah. I'm not afraid anymore I want to be better I think it's easier to isolate yourself and to stay in the current state than it is to step outside of your comfort zone appreciate the discomfort and find comfort in it mm -hmm. knowing that like you're uncomfortable because something is different and different is not bad and to be able to hear when other people say to you um, key criticisms, to be able to hear it and say, yeah, that sucked. I hated hearing that, but you're yeah. not wrong. And I can hear that and I can grow and I can know that you still love me, even though yeah. you said something negative about me. And I can grow from it and, and be better. Oh, gosh, I would like to get there one day. I don't think I, I think I'm a very emotional person. I like positive criticism. I like feedback. I think it's important. But I, I'm so sensitive that I'll always take it a little bit personally. Even well, if I tell so myself, like, I. this is not personal. This person is helping me be a better partner, a better friend, a better TV host, a better journalist. But then I'm always just like, oh, my gosh, they don't like me. And I'm I like, know. no, it has nothing to do with that. I know. But it's, and it's okay to feel that way because yeah. I do too, right? And you just, 
big breath. You yeah. remind yourself 10,000 times in a day. Go back yeah. to that compassion meditation and you continue on. So this is the year of growth. This maybe. is the year of growth. Yeah. Um, there's so many things that I would love to happen this year. Yeah. And, and I'm setting my expectations high, but I hope that through compassion meditation, through breathing, through being open to that criticism, that it can happen. Yeah. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. There's always 2020. Oh, yeah. And 2021 and 2022. Oh my God, all the years. I plan to live till I'm 150. So I mean, look, you're being healthy. <laughs> you're living that healthy as hot life. Actually, I want to ask you because I can, I've got like a very strict kind of workout schedule that I stick to, but I also don't have kids at home. Yeah. And a long drive into work like you do. For you, how are you fitting in these these moments where you can get your workouts in, get your, your own kind of like little me time in? Well, not well, <laughs> if I'm totally honest. I wish it was more. I wish it was every yeah. day. If yeah. I could, I would sweat every single day because yeah. I'd be a better human being for it. I would meditate every day. I would nap every day, but it, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So I, one, forgive myself for that. That's yeah. the number one thing. And then when I can, I just work out so hard. And I take 28 minutes. I do circuit high intensity workouts. And those 28 minutes are the sweatiest 28 minutes of my life because I just make it count. And then I live a really active life. So we walk a lot with the kids. We do, I try and do a walk every day with them. We also have a big dog, so he needs to get <laughs> out. We play, we physically play. I've got two very rambunctious kids. So we play hockey and we wrestle and we dance party. I pick them up. We are in the backyard. Um, I'm physically active with my husband. When we were, uh, we were just recently in New York and we went rowing in Central Park. So we pick physically active activities because I know that I don't always get gym time. So I have to make it up elsewhere. Um, and then I generally eat pretty well. I love to eat snacks. I love popcorn and oh, chips popcorn. and whatever. But I generally try to make choices that I I feel good after. Yeah. Not like emotionally feel good because I'm like, ooh, that was healthy. But physically that I don't feel bloated and yeah. nauseated and like have a crappy poo the next day. Like I try and make yeah. good choices for that. So I know my body and I know what it likes. So. Yeah, it's, I wish it was more often. I think school year's about to start. We'll get back into a routine, but it's been hit or miss this summer. I mean, look, you're living an active life on a daily basis, which I think is leaps and beyonds better than just be living a sedentary life. Because yeah. like, getting those habits in, especially with the kids, is so great. I actually love that you mentioned that you were just in New York. You mm -hmm. literally just got back from holiday, so the fact that you made time for this your first week back is so appreciated. But you came back and you tweeted that you were taking a break from social media. Yeah. And I've done that before because I needed it. And I, funny enough, I was doing entertainment hits this morning and Sean Mendez is doing that because he needed a break from social media because it can be not the best place to be at. Why did you want to kind of take a little bit of a break and what kind of differences did you see? So I'm, I'm, I'm still breaking. Well, I'm breaking from the notifications. Yeah. I love to post and I actually have to. It's part of my job. I have to be active on social yeah. media through um, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. But what I noticed was that I was constantly checking the notifications to see who had tweeted me and how many people had liked my photo and what interactions I had on Facebook, who was messaging me. And as much as the criticism hurts, the compliments were building me up too. And that's really a dangerous place to be in because if we get our validation from comments and likes, then our self-worth is dictated by other people. I have to know that I am awesome. I have to know that that happens independent of other people. And I have to make the decision that I'm awesome. My four-year-old and I, we say that. We say our name. We say, I am Kelsey McEwen, and I am awesome. And... 
I wasn't doing that. I wasn't saying that to myself. I was hoping that the viewers were saying it to me. And they do. That's the worst part is they overwhelmingly do say that. So I needed to take a break from it. Generally, people are awesome. And I've got a great community on social media. And my followers protect me so well. So when someone is a jerk, they often help stand up for me. So rarely is it the criticism. It's honestly the compliments that I had to get away from because I was letting them build me up too much. And I can't let other people do that heavy lifting. I have to do it. It's a bit addictive. It's so addictive. And we know this and researchers have studied it, especially more in teenagers who have less gray matter than adults do. We know it's addictive. So I'm still posting like crazy. You'll see like tons of stuff is going up. But what I'm not looking at is that third button on Twitter and I'm not looking at the heart on Instagram and I'm not looking at the little bell on Facebook because if I do, I'm going to be, I'm going to be there all day. And then yeah. I'm going to, the day I, do, I get less likes, yeah. I'm going to feel worse about myself. Well, what if Instagram left tomorrow? You what, know, what, right? would we still feel worthy valuable and, and valuable? I don't know. Kelsey, maybe I'll try that. Maybe I'll do, I don't even know how you turn notifications off. You just you just don't touch the button. I don't. I, there's oh, probably so a way. there's willpower associated to yep, this. Oh is. my gosh! And it's hard. It's and a like, whole different game. There's been times, Chloe. I like I this morning. I like hit it and was like, no, home button, press <laughs> it, get out, and then swipe up to delete it. Like just get out. Um, and then you're posting content that you want to post. You're not posting content for other people. Julia Roberts is someone I follow on Instagram and she she must have like a list of 10 people who are allowed to comment on her yeah. pictures because comment you can see the comment button but you can't as an average person write oh. anything it says comments are restricted and I'm always struck by that because I think she doesn't give a shit what anyone else says and she doesn't have to I'd love to write everything because I love her so much so I'd love to comment on everything yeah. but she doesn't care and she doesn't need to and yeah. I really respect that about her she had the power and the strength to do that so I'm not there. Yeah. I don't want to restrict people from writing what they want to write. Um, but I also am not looking at it. So yeah. if anyone's listening who follows me and you're like, oh, Kelsey hasn't responded. I know. And I'm sorry, but I want to be the best me I can be. Um, mostly for my kids. A little bit for the viewers. Mostly for myself. Mostly for my kids. A little bit for the viewers. And the only way I can do that is by working on knowing I'm awesome without other people telling me. You are Kelsey McEwen and you are awesome. Thank you. You are Chloe Wilde and you are awesome. (laughs) It's like, I mean, it sounds stupid. You feel a bit like a loser when you're saying it to yourself, but say it and say it loud and say it proud and do the superhero pose. And I swear it, it works. All right, I'm going to do it right now. Superhero pose is happening. I am Chloe. Oh, my God. I feel so silly. (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. I am Chloe Wilde and I am awesome. Right? I mean, I can't help but smile. Exactly. I don't. I, I love telling other people they're awesome. I don't think I'd do that enough for myself. I know. We yeah. We're our own worst enemy. Yeah. My my boss, Jen Jen McLean, who's amazing, she said to me, "Kelsey, your brain's an asshole," and I realized she's right. And so I'm working on yeah. making my brain and my soul a more compassionate person for myself, because then I can be better for others. Yeah. Oh, I think you're definitely on the right path. And before I let you go, because it's it's also so early in the morning, we still have so much to do day wise. But I, know. Um, I always ask everyone this: What does "healthy is hot" mean to you? It can be a word, a mantra, a feeling. Healthy is hot means to me that we're at a place where we're comfortable figuring out what healthy is. That we are excited about the idea that that more than just one one person can be considered a role model and and something to strive towards healthy is hot it's aspirational and it's inspirational and it's 
something that when I first moved here inspired me to get my butt to the gym and take care of myself and sleep better and make friends and and try to try new things and it was it was you who inspired me to do that but I'm gonna cry you know it it just it means that there is an emphasis that we need to put on on ourselves you can't be healthy for other people you can't make other people be healthy but we can make ourselves be healthy and I'm grateful that you have started this and I'm grateful to be here today and I'm grateful for what you're doing out there because we need more conversations about this that there is so much to be thankful for and so much that is valuable beyond one thing and you're part of that movement so yeah. thank you <gasps> we're both a part of it <laughs> i don't want to go do real work now i just want to do this all day let's talk all day i mean you've got weather stuff i've got i don't know something's probably happening in the celebrity world that i need to attend to Hey, I gotta go to space camp. You gotta go to space camp! <laughs> okay, go to space camp, see your little one, and um, I'm gonna try not to look at notifications, and I might try to say that I'm awesome. More Do it. It makes my face cringe when I say it. How awful is that? Yeah. I am awesome. You are awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. And just like that, another episode of the Healthiest Hot Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Chloe Wild. A huge thanks to the Thompson Hotel for hosting us today. So if you enjoyed this conversation, feel free to subscribe so you never miss out. Rate and leave us a comment. Follow us on Instagram at Healthy is Hot. And remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. See you next week.